What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman. That's right, and we actually are going to have a listener episode. Yeah. Uh, th- this we got we got a, a, a short, sweet email at the beginning of the year, and we're like, we could do a whole episode out of this. <laughs> and so that's what we're gonna do. Uh, this uh, email was sent in by Trevor, not this Trevor, other Trevor, uh, uh, bleh, bleh, other Trevor doesn't have an A in his name. It's fine. I get it. I'm the weird one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Trevor says, hello, Trevor and Allie. I've always wanted to know more about magical items uh, and where and when to use them and give them. Also, how should I m- make custom magic items? So that's going to be our episode. Uh, the first part, we're going to be talking about kind of magic items in general and like when we give them out, what we do with them and whatnot. And then the second part is going to kind of be a quick and dirty thing on how we make like magic items and i know we've done something like that we made one i think didn't we make in that magic item i could have sworn but i don't remember <laughs> yeah who knows it's been so many episodes people have told me like hey i love this episode where you did this and i go sure we did uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but we want to go over like at least like how you could make a magic item not necessarily how you should because it's really up to you yeah so Allie. oh wait 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 before we get into it, also wanted to say, we know there's no, there hasn't been previously on for a little while. There isn't going to be for a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break from that. I'm super busy. Allie is super busy. Yeah. Um, and um, after next week, I was going to be taking a break, uh, like like what happened last year. It is finals time again. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, this should be the last time because if I, you know, if I do things right, uh, I will be graduating school. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, if, if other things happen, if I need a break, if you need a break, it's podcast. It's fine. I hope yeah. our listeners are chill enough to be like, no, you must podcast. I need to hear the D&D. <laughs> I don't know where that listener's from, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Allie will be here next week. And uh, I guess we can say is we're going to have B. Dave Walters on. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some pretty cool stuff. So we hope that you tune in uh, for that one. Have some fun times. But before that magic items Allie what do you do with magic items uh I use them often <laughs> uh, to say the least um pretty much like if I'm a DM I like to throw them at my players as kind of like the best reward that I can give them because experience points what's experience points I do milestone um, right like gold what's gold really gonna spit it on like a fancy cheese board whatever I like, literally heard someone say recently like oh yeah I started using XP again and I had like the most bitchy thought of Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's bitchy. I'm sorry if you use XP. That's just me being bitchy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I like to kind of reward the players instead of doing it like those kind of ways. I like to give them fun new things to play with. Mm-hmm. And like, I like to do that in the grand scheme of things too. Like if you're talking about like, oh, they level up, that means they get brand new things to play with. But like magic items is a way to do that without leveling them up. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like to do that on the regular and yeah. until my players get their quote unquote kit, you know, like until they figure out exactly what they're going to stick with until the end, they, I like to just throw things at them until, until something sticks really well. And, uh, I've kind of noticed that that works really well. And if they don't like it, then they're like, eh, we'll put it in the stash or eh, we'll sell it. We'll give it more often than not. Now I found that they've been giving their magic items like as gifts to NPCs. (laughs) Like they gave their housekeeper a dagger of warning. (laughs) And they're like, well, just in case she needs it. Cause like, she's home alone. What what, what, will happen to her? (laughs) So like I've, I give out magic items. A lot of people would probably say way too much, but um, I like, I like how often I give it out. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I know I have also thought that for your games, but I know it works for you. I'm just like, oh my god, they have so many magic items, but they they do cool shit with them, and it's not like it's not game breaking. Where it's like, oh yeah, we just you know we just rolled in there, whatever. It like they do cool stuff with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I, I, that's totally fine to do. I think I could give magic items away more often. But my players get so attached to the ones that they have where it kind of becomes 
their thing. Yeah. Um, like uh, my sister's character Violet uh, in Golden Pals, she has a dancing sword that she's had since level three. And that is so iconic for her. Like, if if you think about, like, when my players think about Violet, they also think about the dancing sword. Oh, yeah. Um, Uthal had his cloak of displacement that I made him give away, and it was really funny, and he hated <laughs> me for it. Um, but, like, they, they, they've been using those for so long that... And, and they're so happy with what they have that, like, I forget to give them magic items because I'm like, no, they're fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and that's the thing, like, unless they're an artificer, like, their kit is going to be their kit, especially if they're happy with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because you only have so many attunement slots. Like, Saphir has this freaking, like, dragon dagger, which is essentially the very first session we ever played. They had to, they they came across this giant, like, undead dragon that was taken down by Makos. Mm-hmm. And Saphir was like, hey, is that right if I take a tooth? And Makos was like, oh, fucking yeah, knock I... yourself out. And, like, ten sessions later, Saphir finally has enough money to turn it into a magical item. And he's had that dagger since then. And he uses it. <laughs> like, that's, like, become iconic. And, he, like, Saphir's slowly but surely, like, collecting dragon teeth. And I love that that's kind of, like, become a part of him. He's like, oh, yeah, I want to get this color, like, th- this red. I want to get a red dragon tooth because that'd be so cool. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, that's, like really neat that that's kind of part of your thing because he's also a hunter so it's like okay all right i'm picking up what you're throwing down with this magical item concept because he's also collecting Mm -hmm. it so it's cool (laughs) (laughs) and like they they, they do have their kits and like you said like the dancing sword for um your game and like when i was in your game myself it was the dancing sword yeah and well, like, it, it wasn't just the dancing sword. You had a dancing lute also. Yeah. You had like a whole band that played with you as you walked <laughs> along. <laughs> yeah, which was perfect for my character because she didn't really play instruments. She was a storyteller, so it worked out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like like these magical items become part of a character and they, they become just like beyond just, oh, what do they do to your stats? They like become part of the character. They When you describe your Honestly, character, you describe them too. Honestly, the magic items that interest me the absolute least are stat improvements. Oh, yeah. Just the plain plus ones or... <laughs> yeah. Plus one story, I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's it's like, ooh, it's one better. I'm like, ah, I'd rather have one that's like... it also. Uh, but this one, uh, it does a D6 fire damage. That's kind of cool. This one, yeah. you don't even have to be 30 feet. You can be 30 feet away and hit them with a sword. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I kind of want to get into a game where I could be like, like a one shot high level game where my character started as a barbarian all the way and then found a headband of intellect and multi-class into wizard. Just because that sounds like fun. Because <laughs> like, sure, it just boosts your your intelligence up with it. But you could do so much more than just be like, oh, yeah, now I don't have to worry about my ability score being different. It's like you can make a whole character with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but okay, so so go, going back to other Trevors because that's what I'm referring to you as other Trevor. You're other Trevor. Uh, <laughs> thank you for writing it. <laughs> uh, but but going back to the the question that was like, you know, where and when to use them, and I think I think he might be saying like when and where to give them, um, and that's like really cool moments. I think is the best answer I can give because really you can give them whenever. Yeah. Um. Like they, they, you know, I mean, okay, let's talk about the Hobbit for a second. They (laughs) rolled up into a random cave and found the coolest shit just out of nowhere. It was like, oh, yeah, now uh, uh, Bilbo's got a really sick sword that's a letter opener to everyone else. Uh, Gandalf (laughs) found his sword there, too. Yeah. It's and so did, um, um, did isn't that also where uh, Thorin got his? Yeah. Yeah, like they they like I th- for me rolling up and finding just a random stash of magic items is some of the most old school fantasy stuff you could do for me. Mm-hmm. Besides, like there's a castle, get the sword, slay the dragon. And besides that, that is some of the most <laughs> fantasy you can do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I mean like definitely like if there were 
any kind of times I would avoid just giving out random magic items, it's in the middle of a dungeon unless yes. it's pertinent pertinent to solving the dungeon. Legend of Zelda style. Yeah, because it's like if yeah. you're if you're like in room twelve J and you're like, okay, um, let's look the room, and it's like, well, you found a really neat item in here, and you're like, oh. Oh, okay. And it's like, well, if you're playing D&D rules, you have to attune to it. So does that mean you guys are taking a short break in the middle of the dungeon? Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to pause the action and just be like, who wants this? And then it's like, it, it really kind of throws off everything. And it makes you question, why was this here? <laughs> no, honestly, if my players find a magic item in the middle of a dungeon, I want them to be the most sus of it. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like... Why the hell is that there? Is it cursed? What's up with it? Why is it just there? I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. And like some, I know some modules and I think some like Paizo modules are are guilty of that too, where it's like, you guys are going through rooms and uh, if you do your due diligence and search every room, you could find things literally every step of the way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like what I was talking about earlier, like I use magical items to reward my players. So like having that, that invisible ring in the dragon stash at the end of the dungeon. Oh it's yeah. Like you took down a dragon and the thing you find is like this legendary item because of it. And like, that feels yeah. way better than, okay, now you guys get like 150,000 gold. <laughs> um, that, that has been, I think that's the most, I think that's the most recent time I did like a giant splurge on magic items was actually Imrith's uh, um, treasure. Yeah. And I, I and I full on let them roll for it. And I was like, here, we're going to do it. Uh, Uthal got a plus three rapier. It's like the first time anyone's gotten a plus anything ever. <laughs> um, and they also got, they got a bottle that has an, uh, I don't know how you say, Ephorite? 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 Oh, yeah. It's like the elemental. Yeah, yeah, they got a bottle that has one in there. They never used that through Avernus. I thought I was like, "Come on, just use it. Just crack <laughs> that thing open, ruin everything." I want to do it. Oh, yeah. um, but as but as far as like when, like when I was talking about the 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 cool moments, um, one of the most recent magic items I gave out was the rapier, uh, another rapier to Uthal. But that one was because. I'd set up the situation with this demon lord who had made a deal with Uthal's grandfather, and the rapier was like, hey, if you steal a hundred souls with this, I won't take yours, and so it, it, it was it was a neat moment where he got something really cool, but it's also really bad. Yeah. But... The, the the other one is, like, my favorite one that I did was at the... Uh, when I changed the end of Lost Minds of Fendelver and made the forge a living thing. And then it made a magic item for each of them. And the reason why I did that is because we finished Lost Minds of Fendelver. It was a big moment. They defeated the bad guy. I wanted it to be special besides, oh, look, there's some junk over there. Um, yeah. So I had, the, I had this, like, oracle-like being speak to them and make an item for them that I thought that they would really like. And for the most part, I was right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like having those cool moments where they get the magic item, like, like again, I mean, let's let's do another Lord of the Rings moment when like the, the fellowship gets all their cool stuff from uh, uh, Galandriel. Did I say that right? My brains, I had a Red Bull. Galadriel. Yeah. My brain's mush right now. I had Red Bull. Uh, (laughs) But like it's it's that cool moment of like instead of just randomly finding this thing, they you know were given it given it by someone. Oh, yeah. I think those ones are really cool. Besides just finding it in the dragon horde, personally. Yeah, like my most recent thing that I did with that was Bertram, my paladin. Um, he's been flying with his kit, so to speak, for like the past literal twelve levels. We're now level seventeen. Dang. And he hasn't changed a single thing. He's like, I'm happy with it. And I'm like, yeah, but we're now reaching into that point where it's like, I kind of want you to have that step up. And so I also wanted to tell him some like things on the down low without being super obvious. So I gave my paladin a prophetic dream. Like, hey, uh, what if like you got told something in your dream? And essentially the Raven Queen, who is like, you know, your deity said, you're going to need this and gave you a weapon. And so he woke up literally clenching the weapon and it's a brand new axe. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially a like Vorpal 
axe where he can just behead shit now and including undead. And it's like, you're going to need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it not only provided like a great story beat for the character, but it also gave him a new upgrade that he's been kind of needing for a little bit. And like the player himself, like Marcos did not feel behind at all with the other characters. But me as a DM, I wanted him to like, you know, have his little fun thing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's like I, I've been we mentioned earlier, I give out magic items a lot. <laughs> and so like the one person that I haven't really been like tailoring a magic item for was Bertram because he's always been content with what he has. And so I really mm-hmm. wanted this one to be like meaningful and it really worked out because just literally last session he realized, oh my God, I figured out the dream. And I'm like, okay, good. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the the one time before that, the most recent time before that was Saphir actually, when they finally took down his father. Saphir literally took the leather armor off his father's back, refashioned it into his own. And it's like a plus two studded leather armor. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's like his his own like I'm reclaiming this and it's no longer my father's it's mine mm-hmm. and it's, so it's like it's those cool story beats where it's like yeah I, I had the idea that his father had these items on him and I wasn't really expecting anyone else to grab them so it kind of worked out but it all yeah. kind of lent itself to the story and for the characters like story beats too which was just a really cool moment for them now, I, I, I'm going to preface what I'm going to say here with, I understand that people do enjoy doing this, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. And as a reminder, my group plays for two hours uh, a, a session. So one of the really neat things about not doing magic items everywhere in my group is the fact that I don't have the, well, what do they have on them? <laughs> like, we don't have that inventory management part of the game because... Essentially, my players know if a, if someone has something cool on them because I call it out during combat. Oh yeah, like the t- the only times my players have taken something off of a bad guy is because I made it sound cool. <laughs> like yeah. when when freaking Uthal got stabbed with the poison dagger and almost insta killed him, he's like, "I'm taking that. It's mine." <laughs> I blood on, <laughs> on it. It's mine. It's mine. I li- I call dibs with my blood. Um, yeah, like, like times like that or, or like that situation you're just saying there where he took his father's armor and stuff like that's freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Like that they, they mean something. And, and that's kind of the, what I want is like, I want a magic item to mean things or at least the story of how they got it to be neat and cool. Um, I'm not going to say which module this is, but there was a pre-written module that I was reading through and had possibly the coolest hidden magic item I've ever seen. Oh yeah, um, there was it, it was a uh, and the magic item itself was just like eh, whatever. It was a plus two longsword, but the way you found it was praying in front of a certain stained glass window to the correct god, and a plus two magic sword showed up in front of you. Ooh. And so hiding stuff like that in that way, where it's like it, there's an astronomical chance they're actually going to do this but just have it in your head that's like i put that there if they find it they find it that's cool yeah but like like stuff like that in in areas i think is a fun way to do it besides and this goblin has a flame tongue sword for some reason then he didn't use it against you goblin yeah yeah (laughs) Um, yeah no i mean i've actually done that with a one shot before where they were actually going off against a bunch of were rats that took over this ancient paladin tomb and they're like level two (laughs) they can barely Mm -hmm. handle this and then there's like this huge hallway that goes into the tomb like something a la skyrim where it's like this huge hallway big big fuck off doors at the end and (laughs) there's all these like this relief in the walls telling the story of these paladins and at the end is like this huge paladin with this like life-size sword just driving it into like this creature and the sword was actually a real silver sword and there was actually like three of them placed throughout the entire mural and the players eventually one of them was a dwarf they're like wait what kind of what kind of metal is this is this stone and i'm like you actually take a look closer and it's not it's Mm. actual silver and he's like oh can we take the time to 
pry this out of here like like in the mummy where it's like they just pop it out (laughs) (laughs) and they do they take like three minutes and they're able to get swords out of it and it was just like such a cool little neat little thing like Mm -hmm. it was only a silver sword but still it made the difference between them surviving a den of were rats and not yeah yeah no i i I think hiding stuff like that and rewarding players for having cool role-play moments is huge with uh especially for magic items mm-hmm. um because the, those are the moments your players and you are going to remember um it, it's not gonna like no one is just like hey remember that time we took out that random group of skeletons and they had that plus one mace on them that was pretty cool but like <laughs> <laughs> but like if it's like hey remember that time we rescued a gnome and it turned out that they were uh, some form of nobility that we weren't allowed to know about and as a reward they gave us this plus one maze that's cool that's the stuff that they remember they they the you know break down the door loot the room is not for me and my players what they remember mm-hmm so, so that that's you know that that's my opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, like if you're gonna figure out when to give them magical items, I would always recommend choosing story over practicality. Yes. Like, if you're thinking and feeling, man, I kind of want my players to be more more powerful. Like, opt more for a level up than a magical item, just for the hell of it. But like, yeah. If you feel like they've worked hard <laughs> and they want and they they haven't like gotten a win in a while create a create a story reason yeah think of something fun like make it personal too yeah like the the but the the thing is though is like I, okay one of the reasons i give the magic items i do to my players is because i hope they outsmart me with them oh yeah i want them to skip things because they use their magic item in a cool way i was just talking to two of my players the other day about this about how um we the they, they they were telling me actually they appreciate how i don't like plan around their tools that they have oh yeah like yeah. Saphir has a flying broom i'm like cool i'm not gonna make a entire like dungeon that is heavily gravity and you can't fly like yeah i'm not i'm not gonna do that like because the the worst feeling is getting this cool thing and then not being able to use it yeah yeah, no, I I a hundred freaking percent. And I think that might be like one reason why um, you know, some players prefer the stat bonus because that's not something easily taken away by an encounter. Yeah. But yeah, if you had some like, oh yeah, you know, this area, oh man, gravity's real strong, can't use that flying broom. It's like, oh, come, come on, why? <laughs> like Yeah, I I I know that that is a thing that some DMs do. I disagree with it. I'm not going to say that you're a bad DM at all for doing it because if that's the way your group likes it, that's the way your group likes it. But I will never plan an encounter around what my players can do. I will plan an encounter around what level they are, and that's it. Yeah. Like, it, 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 like I'm not going to sit there and be like, all right, well, you know, CR 32 uh, for these group of level 12s. That's, yeah, you know, that'll be fine. <laughs> That's yeah. about as far as I'm going to plan it. Like, I mean, you and I have even talked about where sometimes we make an encounter and we haven't even fully read the stat block yet. <laughs> I'm so and, guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. And, but the, and the, and like, I know, I know because I have talked to them that people just side eye me and they're like, you're terrible. And I'm just like, my players had fun. I had fun. Mm-hmm. It was fine. And I actually do love those moments though, where we get into the combat. I look at the, uh, the stat block and go, Oh, that screws them over so bad. And I can literally just be like, I didn't know this, <laughs> but you're going to, this is going to get fucked up now. I'm at the point though, where it balances out with things that I didn't realize I could do with things that I don't realize that they could do. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't account for a thing, a, a water elemental gem that they had from 40 sessions ago when I created this godlike being that could only be trumped if he's drowned in water. It's like, <laughs> I didn't account for that. And it's so cool. <laughs> and like, to be fair, I also forgot that I gave this godlike being the ability to drown others. So it's like, 
it's it matches up. It works up well together. <laughs> it mm-hmm. balances out. No, again. really. Yeah, yeah. I like like I said. I I want my players to outsmart me with the magic items I give them because I think those moments are cool. And I know that that does irk some DMs because they put a lot of work into what they made and especially like homebrews and stuff. And I think there's, I think it might be this mentality of like, if, uh, if they skip it, I wasted my time. Mm. And I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Like if they skipped it, that's really cool. They figured a way uh, how to do something and they don't know that they skipped it. So you can just use it later. Like that's, that's, that's Recycle my opinion. Your dungeons. On it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Never throw away a dungeon. Um, yeah. But yeah, like as far as like, let, let, let me make sure that I, uh, I, I know it's a short, but I'm just making sure it's like, uh, so where and when. So yeah, for, for the where surprising places, uh, and when is whenever you think is appropriate. Like, I, and, and I know that's kind of a cop-out answer um, because I think you might be looking for, like, you're unsure. Here's the cool thing. It's never a bad time. Yeah. The, the only bad time to give someone a magic item is you just gave them a magic item. <laughs> yes. Let them play because with it first. The, yeah, let let them play with it. Let them see if they like it. Let them see what they're gonna do with it, and then you know, once that's become part of their, I, I do like what you're saying that their kit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, then you can give them another one or not. It, it's yeah. it, it is really up to how you're feeling. They're enjoying the game. If you think that a magic item would m- get them to enjoy something about it or do something with their character that's interesting. Let them do it. Let them have fun. I mean, like we we say here, like you know, th- this game is a storytelling game between everyone there, and so everyone should have the ability to tell a cool story. Yeah. yeah. You got uh, anything else to say on that? Yeah. I so I wanted to bring up the fact that you often give your characters whenever you DM like magic items from the get go, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I try and give them magic items as soon as possible. Yeah. So I wanted to bring that up because like that's something that I don't personally do, but it just kind of sometimes happens on accident where it won't mm-hmm. be like all of them at once, but it'll be like one at a time within the first six sessions or so they'll get something. But um, mm-hmm. I wanted to bring well, up the- that Trevor does pretty much just from the get go, right? Yeah. Um. When when we started um, uh, the Humble Criminals group, I literally asked each player, do you want a role player stat magic item? Mm-hmm. And what's really, what was really funny is it was split for a bit. Like first three people were like, I want stat. And then the next three people were like, I want role play. And then the other three, the, the three stat people went, actually, you know what? No, I want role play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gave them each one for that. And the reason I like doing is the same reason I like giving a feat at level one. One of the biggest complaints you will hear from people who do not like fifth edition is that it is samey. It, there's no customization and everything just is the same thing except for uh, some class differences. Giving them a feat and giving them a magic item at level one makes them so much different from each other mm-hmm. and lets them do so so many so many cool things that the that other people can't and they find synergies between what they can do it gets them to want to work together yeah. more i have found definitely so that yeah that that that's that's why i i will always do that with my group and and make sure that they they can do neat things at level 1 um, <laughs> because they're probably going to die <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to say, if you're running a one-shot too, or like something that you're only planning to play for three games, give them a magic item. Oh, please. Just for the fun please. of it. If not, if nothing more reason just to, to see what the magic item can do, just go for it. Yeah. I mean, Mars did that with us when yeah. uh, when we when we did those one-shots. We got magic items. We got mm-hmm. cool stuff. Yeah. 100% do that. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break here. We're going to do our Champions Loot segment first. Uh, this is the part of the show where you get a code, put it into Idle Champions, and get a free gold chest on us. Uh, this week's code is L O C I S A U T D E N S. 
Like I said, put that into Idle Champions on any of the numerous platforms they are available on, and you get a free gold chest, and you get some cool loot, maybe some feats, maybe some shinies, but you get to kick evil's butt. That's what you get to do. <laughs> <laughs> what's really been fun, what's actually been really cool is like my friends have started playing Idle Champions now. Uh, and uh, it was it was really funny because at one point, uh, my, my buddy Kyle was like, oh, yeah, where, where should I play it? What should I do? What are these gold chest things? And I was just like, listen, I can get you like four gold chests a week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just here's the content to, to check out. You get some free stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't forget to take a screenshot of it and send it to us at Difficulty Class on Twitter because we love to see what you get. Uh, and we, we love seeing it in the Reddit comments, too. Yeah, that, especially when they find an interesting way that our code fits together. I love it. <laughs> uh, next segment is the DC Spotlight. And this week, uh, we're, we're actually going to spotlight an, a, a Twitter account. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're on Twitter, we highly, highly, highly recommend that you go follow the Twitter account, TTRPG GIFs. Uh, they are fantastic people, and they are making some of the coolest gifts. And no, it is not just because they have gift Allie and I. <laughs> <laughs> They are genuinely awesome, cool people, and if you want some cool uh, gifts that you can use for tabletop RPG conversations and whatnot, not only uh, can you follow them and you know save them from there, but they also have a Giphy board. Uh, you can find them on the Twitter uh, in the Twitter gifts, Discord gifts. It's actually Erin <laughs> M. Evans actually recently realized that her gifts were on Discord <laughs> in the Dungeon Scrollers uh, uh, <laughs> server. She was freaking out. Um, but yeah, uh, go go follow them. Uh, you know, give them some likes and some uh, some retweets, and they got they got a Kofi on there too. Support them if you can because they are doing awesome work. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, so that takes care of our little mid segment things. Yeah. Um, so the 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 second part of uh, other Trevor's question uh, was also how should I make custom magical items and. I, I know, like I said at the beginning, I know we have done. Uh, oh my God! Okay, I'm gonna call this out in the middle of the episode. So we've recorded episodes on this show using Zencaster. That's what we do most of the time with a guest. We've been using Zencaster for almost a year now, uh -huh. to which I applied for the video beta at that time, and I just got an email that said, "Welcome to the video beta." Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's been a bit. Anywho. Magic items. Uh, basically, don't take a year to make them. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so what? I, what I want to say is the the how should you go about making custom magic items? And really, it is what do you need them to do? What is something that is going on in your game that kind of needs to be fixed or have fun with? Um. And that's kind of how I've always approached making magic items. The, the two, and I'll go into more depth about them during this conversation, but just to throw them out there, the two that spring to my mind is uh, when we started Descent into Avernus, one of my players was a uh, Cleric of Light, and all of his spells are fire damage. And guess what? Pretty much everything has immunity to in Avernus. <laughs> fire damage. So yeah. I... I just made a quick ring on D&D Beyond, uh, had it like, oh, it's got this many charges, recharges after a long rest, blah, 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 blah. And it uh, when he used a charge, he got to change the element damage of a spell. Mm -hmm. And it was just as simple as that. It, it, it All it did was make it so my one of my players wasn't um, at a disadvantage in this new place that they were going to be for months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted no. him to still have fun. Yeah. That's the key word is that you still kept it fun for the character yes. in the player. Like you, you saw an issue and you use an easy fix, which is yeah. just let, don't, don't make him swap out all his spells. Yeah. 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 I, and I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, well, now they're out of a virtus. Like now he can just do that whenever. Yeah. I don't care. Like sure. I, nah. it, it removes it. that one of time of like, yeah, it's, it removes that one instance for one player of like, oh no, I can't hit him with this. I don't care. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can do so much worse stuff with like <laughs> threatening their players' backstories with trauma and crap. It's fine. I don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but the the other time that a um I really dove into to creating magic items uh was for a Strahd game. 
Mm-hmm. And that w- purely came out of the realization. I do not have good places to give you magic items or let you buy magic items because right, everything yeah. is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I made the artifacts that leveled up with y'all. So your 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 one cool item kept getting cooler with you. Ugh. So I didn't have to worry about giving you a magic item because it just happened with you. Yeah, that was such a cool thing too. That's when I found out that uh, that that site uh, was it Homebrewy or whatever is it was was very difficult to understand and use because I do do not understand coding. <laughs> <laughs> you can there code is no MySpace. You can code Homebrewy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but what 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 about you? What what do you think is the uh, how how should Trevor go about other Trevor other Trevor uh, go about making magic items? Um. Well, I wanted to kind of point out that the Dungeon Master's Guide actually does provide some information on how to do this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I wouldn't like go for it word for word or anything like that. But if you wanted to keep the game, you know, quote balanced. <laughs> Boo. Um, there is like a magic item power by rarity table, which actually mm-hmm. is kind of helpful to get you an idea of like, oh, this is how powerful I should make it. And especially considering what level they are, this is what I should consider. And so it's like, if you don't, if you want to make sure that they're not going to just plow through enemies when you're making a magic item or that it's going to be somewhat balanced, it's a good idea to kind of take a look at it. Um, the other thing Oh, apologies. There's a dog right outside the window. <laughs> it's okay. The dog is guest starring. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, little Isla. Um, essentially, those story beats. Like, I, there are so many times where I've looked at a magical item and I'm being like, I'm going to change this a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, I've taken a magic item and I've completely just, completely just changed the damage type or I've, mm-hmm altered it like i've added a thing or i've taken away a thing like bertram's axe that i mentioned earlier it's not a vorpal sword it's a battle axe and it's not it's not it's not a battle axe it's a great axe for one Mm -hmm. um it doesn't crit on a 19 (laughs) but um it can actually still deal damage it like it can it's it's of the raven queen so it can bypass the legendary creature law that you can't behead them if they're legendary if they're undead Mm. and so like i kind of customized it to be it's that way it would be more for bertram than anything and it kind of really worked out and so far he's been loving this magical item um the other big magical item that i've made is an artifact (laughs) um and it plays a huge factor into the entire campaign because it's the many starred cloak um you've if you've been listening to the previous line, you've heard me mention it several times regarding Roland, who is currently cursed with the the spell plague. Um, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. And so the many star cloak, essentially, because of how it works, um, it suppresses the bad part of the spell plague. <laughs> and so it allows him to still retain his own... Um, What's the word when it's like you can control yourself? <laughs> oh, it's discipline? Yeah. Self-control? Self-control. Yeah, that word. Uh, so it allows him to retain his own self-control. And it's also an artifact. So there's a lot to it. And pretty much when I was building an artifact, I just looked at other artifacts. I'm like, I want this thing to be sentient. Okay, well, what other things are sentient? So I looked at the other artifacts and I based it off of there. And it's like, okay, I made sure that it definitely had... You know, like all the things that it usually needs for a sentient item, like what uh, personality is it? And it's like, okay, it's, it's, you know, it's smart. It's kind of a smart ass. There's several personalities in there. It's like, mm-hmm. well, uh, what sentient items actually have like ability scores. I don't know if you know that, but that's like a thing. <laughs> so you kind of have to consider, well, can this player easily beat out these, like these ability scores of this artifact like item or it's like okay what else can it do and so heavily skewing and looking at magical items themselves is a great way of understanding um how to build one yourself Mm -hmm. um as far as like the technicalities go it honestly just takes a little bit of tweaking and being honest with your players and saying listen guys i made this myself i want to put it out there that if i find and you guys be honest with me too 
if you find that it does way too much damage for only so little like input, <laughs> then we need to adjust it because that's the mm-hmm. best way to go about making your own homebrewed items is um, just being honest with your players that it was homebrew and that you're that making sure everyone's willing to change it if it is too much or too little. Yeah. Because I've done I, that. I've, I've changed yeah. like that, that dagger that I gave Saphir like a year and a half ago, <laughs> three years ago now. It's like, yeah, uh, I've changed that a couple times now because I felt like it was underpowered. And now it's like, mm-hmm. it, now it feels balanced for, for what a dragon knife should do. I don't remember what magic item it was, but I remember back way, way back when I was playing, when I was GMing Pathfinder first edition, I remember at one point someone was like, oh yeah, I do this. I'm like, how? And they're like, cause this magic item you gave me, it does this. I go, no, 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 no. I should not have done that. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. And like sometimes those little loopholes can be fun and can be part of the magic item itself. Cause that's kind of like, congratulations player. You have figured this out. But on the other hand, sometimes it does just straight up break the game. And mm-hmm. you got to be upfront about that. And especially if all the other players are like, hang on, can you really do that? That's that's when you really need to kind of evaluate and be like, mm, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I do feel like for the most part, and Trevor, I don't know how long you, you've been playing the game, but like, I, I know at the level uh, where I'm at with playing games, I genuinely know like, okay, think about if uh, my character had this weapon would I feel good with it? Would I feel overpowered with it? Would I just feel kind of blah about it? Mm-hmm. And I kind of put myself in that situation of having that magic item and using that ability. And I try to kind of imagine what situations I would use that magic item for. I mean, if it's if it's just a straight stat boost, it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. Um, but it is also a little easy when it's like, okay, well, this magic item gives them a plus two bonus to int. And then you look at it and go, oh, that would actually make their int a 20 and their level four. <laughs> Should I do that? And if you want to, that's fine. I mean, uh, um, you know, in the academics game, uh, Tom's been very generous with stat boosts and stuff like that. And like, I, I know I have a plus five and so I think it's my charisma as a warlock. So I'm just, you know, blasting everything with Eldritch Blast left and right. But it's fine because we're having fun and we're still having to run away from things. Yeah. <laughs> because we're so overpowered that, you know, we, we get in over our head and we're like, okay, no, we should, we, we got to go. Um, But it, it like, as far as like, what you should do for making the item. And again, should is a word that we try not to use on this show because like really you should do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um don't don't it, this is more of like our suggestion or how we go about doing things, but we're never going to tell you this is exactly how you should do this except for you should not be racist, you should not be sexist and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, do not that that's that's where we're going to draw the line like nope, you definitely should not do that. Yeah. Um but as far as like advice on this it's again where you see something uh needs to be done and magic is the way to solve it um there's been plenty of times where like uh oh here's what because sometimes i forget i've made magic items because i don't write them down mm-hmm. um i okay i know it's a fantasy world sometimes though i want my players to be able to to strategize when they're not next to each other I don't oh, yeah. want them to be able to do this on the sly, but you know, when I played uh, Star Wars, when I played the Fantasy Flight game, um, one of the things that I loved in my players is they had the comms and they were able to communicate with each other over long distances. And so I went, "All right, screw it." The Knights of Skyreach have developed a sending stone that is basically a freaking walkie-talkie and doesn't have charges. Yeah, and so they have that. And I don't care because it's kind of cool when they're trying to pull something off and they're able to communicate with each other and orchestrate things. And so I just have that there and I tell them, yep, you got a a Knights of Skyreach Sending Stone. Um, Mm -hmm. And and there is like a range to it. And then there's, you know, bigger things that are on airships that can extend that. So I've just kind of world built a few magic items in there. And that was just for a, a problem that I saw. 
I don't think any of my players saw a, ne- a need for that one. I just like seeing them do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I saw an opportunity for a magic item, so I made it. Something that I didn't realize that I've created, I've created the the stamped potion of healing. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. I absolutely love that. Where the Arcane Brotherhood are the top manufacturers of potion of healing potions in my world and it's a guarantee like for your basic healing potion to be a 10 healing back to you there's no Mm -hmm. dice involved if you drink it you get 10 healing points hit points back and so it always brings up the fun instance where they're in a dungeon and they go through these old crates that haven't been opened in like centuries and they find something that looks like a healing potion that doesn't have a stamp on it (laughs) and they're like oh hang on we should be weary about this <laughs> mm-hmm. and like it's it kind of solved an issue that i personally had because i hate the idea of like you're drinking a whole ass potion why are you only getting three hit points back so <laughs> like <laughs> Wait, that- it's kind of like it's like i don't i don't ever worry that i'm gonna take ibuprofen and it doesn't work <laughs> exactly, and it bothers me so i had that issue and i created a magic item that has now become part of the world off yeah. of it and it hasn't broken I, the game at all. <laughs> uh, I, I, oh my! I, I'll be honest. I, I I get irritated whenever I see these clickbaity YouTube videos. Just like ten magic items that break the game. I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> they literally don't. <laughs> my only... favorite one I ever heard was about the plane ship, the medallion, the plane ship medallion. Oh, I'm just yeah. like, you just started a new, uh, a cool campaign. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, one one of the things that I I, I did want to to go more into just for a moment of talking about creating magic item is purely because like we made the one on the air and stuff like that. Um, but the artifacts that I made for Strahd, one of the things that I did with it was I tried to think what, what would be cool for this character to be able to do. Yeah. And then I would think about something cool for them to do. And then in mechanics, that may not have necessarily been D&D mechanics where I'm like, I really like how this works from this RPG. I really like how this works from this video game. What are some, you know, uh, uh, what, what are some of the costs in a video game that it takes to do this ability? Oh, they, in that game, they have mana pool. What's a way that I can transition mana pool into a mechanic in D&D that makes sense? And I think this is one reason why you and I have been loving the the you can do it a number of days equal to your proficiency bonus. Yeah. It's very general and it works really well. And I, I honestly, if I, I wish I had thought of that because I would have put that in some of the artifacts. Um, but it, it really came down to what is something cool that I think this player would have fun with. And I did also try to do like, okay, but what's like what would stop them from doing this in a situation like what would uh when wouldn't this be an appropriate time to do it so it's like um dusty's dusty's character uh enchi uh she had the the great sword mm-hmm. and i basically the the thought that i have I'm like okay it's this little person with a giant freaking sword why does that sound so familiar devil may cry you know what's really cool in devil may cry stinger Okay, so I'm going to let uh, his character basically do the stinger move where they fly across the the uh, area of space and they can attack someone. They do not provoke attack of opportunity. However, they have to be this far away to start. They can't yeah. just do it from anywhere and it has to be in a straight line. So just those two uh, rules on that has now been like, okay, they can't just do circles around it. I got to be in the right position. It's not something they're going to do every turn. And because of that, and because it gets them into melee range where they then have to take the da- or disengage action to get away from, I'm going to make it so the attack itself is cool and does enough damage to warrant all of those things. You've been in the right position. You're far enough away. You're going to be into melee range now where you aren't going to be able to get out of until you kill the thing or disengage. Okay, cool. It's going to have a little bit extra damage to it. So something that I really like about that concept is that there's stipulations to balance it. Mm -hmm. There's not drawbacks. Yes. You know, so like we were talking about balance earlier. 
I would never balance a magic item out by saying, oh yeah, you get plus two to intelligence, but you get minus three to your wisdom. <laughs> it's like, that's not really, that's not really a magical item. That's a cursed magical item. <laughs> yeah. Because that's well, yeah, still but, like, a there, there are there are artifacts that do that. Like one of the, the, cause they have the whole pros and cons thing. That's not what they're called, but something like that. And I know I did that to Uthal with his new thing, but I, but the thing was, is like, I did it to strength. Cause I was like, he never uses strength, but when he does no, it'll be funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean like when you're dealing with artifacts, that's kind of part of the stipulation is the, mm-hmm. the, um, it's like minor and major, that's what they were called yes minor major like there's like a like oh god my brain red bull what have you done to me (laughs) beneficial and detrimental properties there we go that sounds like the right words yeah those i will just say are really fun to look at when you are thinking about creating big story altering items yes yes like Especially the major ones, you can create items that are based off of these properties, which mm-hmm. I would recommend taking a look at the table because, like, one one of the major detrimental properties is this artifact erases magic scrolls when within ten feet of them. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that's kind of huge. <laughs> yeah, and it's but, like, but there's always like, oh, we could have a major beneficial property, like um, when you hit with a weapon attack. While attuned to the artifact, the target takes an extra 1d6 damage of the weapon's type. I, I And I think the, the, the other thing with me is, like, I'm really picky about stuff where it's, like, if I got a magic item, they're like, oh, but when you're attuned to it, you erase all scrolls within 10 feet. I'm like, I'm not going to use it. And But they're like, well, you're hardly ever around. I'm like, yeah, but the times that I am, like, that's going to be super freaking annoying. And it's not story driving. It's just annoying. Yeah. Like, that, that that's not being a cool story element because then say we go visit a wizard in a tower and he's a really cool dude. And it's like, Oh, ag- you can't come in because you're, you'd erase all of his scrolls. So now I have to sit out for this entire conversation just because I have this item. See now if it on the flip oh, side of that, that could be what a villain would use. Yeah, where it's that's like cool. You you get this information from the Harpers saying, "Yeah, we just learned about this magical item that erases magical scrolls." That's and terrifying. One of our Harper towers, you know, it's it's got nothing but magical scrolls in it. We can't lose that huge boon to us, and this person's just making a beeline for it. We need you guys to go stop them. And it's like, who cares what this magical item actually does? That's just a side effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah. maybe the person isn't attuned to it because they can't get attuned to it. And that's just a side effect that happens. And they think that's all the magical item does. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. that's that's a way that you can use a big artifact is that not only for your players, but also for villain purposes too. Yeah. I... I... I feel like uh, some listeners right now might be like, okay, but like, how do you make a curse magic item? And I don't know because I've never done it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I will say my favorite curse magic item ever uh, was from uh, one of the Acquisitions Incorporated games where Will Wheaton's character found a magic sword that had the symbol of his god in it, but he found it in a secret tunnel up a demon statue's butthole. Oh, God. And he was like, oh, yeah, 100% going to take that. Did, like, a wisdom uh, contest and lost. And, like, Chris Berger uh, is like, you hear a voice in your head that says, you're my weapon now, bitch. <laughs> so the sword took him over and made him go back down and start fighting his friends. And, like, the symbol of his god, like, wavered away. I was like, I love this. That's just oh, yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're if you're thinking about, like, possibly planting some cursed items in there they can be fun i'd recommend considering it for plot reasons not just in the middle of a dungeon for magic item starved players to pick up and happily just attune to yeah like i still love the kid from our bookstore game because the (laughs) mad mage dungeon there was a sword stand this in a little standee in the middle of a room he's like i'm picking that up i'm like cool you 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 can't put it away Mm-hmm. It, you cannot open your hand. It is stuck to your hand. And this kid s- stopped for a moment and then went, that's 
awesome. Yeah. I'm like, excuse <laughs> me? And this kid, for a whole month of games, just ran headfirst at anything with the sword glued to his hand. Yep. And I absolutely <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I remember that kid. That was great. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're going to do a cursed item and you're not sure, like, what kind of curse and you don't want it to be major, like, there's the minor detrimental properties table. It works out. It's like there are minor things that can affect the game, but there's also minor things that can affect the game roleplay wise. There's straight up one that okay. says like, oh, while attuned, you can't you can't smell. <laughs> Give that to a tabaxi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, ooh, this is exactly I, the kind of weapon I want, but I lose my sense of smell. <laughs> I'm going to shout out uh, Wiz here uh, mm -hmm. because Wiz put a cursed item into our game and it was hilarious. And I say that because I wasn't Spencer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got some shiny new armor and we're in a fight and an arrow get, or a bolt gets shot at me and it just goes right into him. <laughs> like he's oh. not even in the line and the bolt just gets magnetized into his chest. Oh, it was so, he was so sad. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he was like, it was still great because he got a really good stat bonus, but also every arrow that was ever fired was magnetized to him. <laughs> I liked that. And then we went back and we're like, hey, you sold us a cursed magic item. And Wiz, in game Wiz, uh, was like, oh, yeah, my bad. I forgot to check about that. I'll get rid of that for you. <laughs> like, but it was, it was like, it was, I'm not going to say, I don't want to say detrimental because it wasn't detrimental. It was a disadvantage or a, an obstacle for one dungeon. And then we took care of it and it was fine. Yeah. Because I love, I love that method of it. I think because we had the ability to handle it, it yeah. was fine. Like if we yeah. had no ability, can you imagine if we're like level two D and D people? And we came across mm -hmm. something that nice where it was like, ooh, this is like made perfectly for you. But all of a sudden, like, yeah, for any kind of remove curse spell, that's pretty high level for us. And none of us are clerics and it's going to cost a lot of money. You're going to be living with that curse for a while, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like time out, like, like pace out your cursed items just like as if you would your magical items. Because there's, there's, a, there's a line to cross when it comes to going from fun to very much not fun. Like so yeah. quickly. I like, and again, I know people have fun with this. Like I've heard uh, DMs be like, oh yeah, I love the fact that none of my players trust a magic item because they're worried it's cursed. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's not for me, but that's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like we, we, uh, well, maybe what, maybe something we should do future, future us, uh, we could do an episode where we both make our first cursed item. <laughs> Like that, that could be a fun little segment to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you got, got anything else on uh, uh, making custom magic items? Um, if you're, if you're a DM and you're in the, the market for making magical items, never stop really thinking about them um, because that opportunity will come up at the weirdest time. Like mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say like Trevor and I were playing in Pathfinder this past Saturday and um, Wiz is like, oh yeah, so you, you have a skeleton key for this dungeon. And we're just like, we, cause we're, we're thinking, oh, but we want to lock this door. Cause there's a big old minotaur skeleton behind it. We don't want to unlock it. <laughs> we're like, well, we don't, we want to, what if there, what's the opposite of a skeleton key? And then we just kind of really. She, she and I in unison were like flesh key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, it, it it's a joke, but it also made me realize like, oh, you know what? A magical item that can lock doors. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like, and that won't be able to be unlocked except for like a magical spell or something like that. That'd be neat because it's like that mm -hmm. it would present an opportunity for characters to use it, especially in like when they're in chase scenes or what have you. It'd be a great little way to, to kind of get things going. Yeah. And so it's totally. like. When you're playing a game or when you're watching a movie, like keep an eye out for those kind of things and, and get pick up your inspiration from anywhere you can. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Uh, well, other uh, Trevor, I hope uh, we we helped you out with this. Sorry that the, we were so delayed on answering it, but we made a whole episode out of it, so we, yeah. we hope that 
made up for it. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for writing in. We really do appreciate it. And if you have your own questions like this that you would like us to either do a topic or a whole episode about, you can send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com because we love hearing about them and we love seeing ideas and knowing what y'all want us to talk about because we like talking. <laughs> <laughs> And we've talked a lot. This is episode, what, 71? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, the best way to support it is by uh, leaving a review on your uh, podcast service of choice. Uh, also, by letting your friends know about the show and helping us grow this community and, you know, getting more emails in to talk about, uh, you know, anything. Anything somehow related to tabletop RPGs because we want to talk with you and we want to talk about that stuff. And we want to know what you want us to talk about. Uh, and you can, you or your friends can send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com. Uh, you can keep up to date on the show uh, by following us on Twitter at difficultyclass. And I suppose you can follow us on Instagram at difficultypodcast and get that number up. But I don't, can't promise you're going to see anything because we're really bad at posting at that, about that. And we already said we're really busy. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, until next week, have a good game.